Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Uh, you know me from Clerks and uh, soon to be Clerks 3. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Hey, everybody, welcome to this special uh, interview episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box today um, on video and, you know, on audio. If you're listening on the podcast, we have Josh Mallerman, who I'm he, <laughs> I'm glad he's nodding yes, because so many times I ask how to pronounce someone's name and then totally pronounce it wrong anyways. <laughs> uh, but he's the author of uh, Black uh, Mad Wheel and Bird Box, which was adapted for Netflix uh, with Sandra Bullock. And today he is here to talk with us about his uh, his latest Goblin, uh, which is a novel in six novellas, which is a pretty cool idea. So, Josh, how are you today, man? <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm great. Like uh, Goblin has sort of a a special place in my heart, and I think that what it is is what you just said: the six novellas and that structure. I don't know what it, why, I don't know why this format worked or works well with me, but it does. It's almost like rather than sustaining a singular narrative for 500 pages, <laughs> I'm discovering that there's something really thrilling about interweaving five or so, you know, it'd be similar to like, if you're at a party, I think I'd rather have five interweaving conversations throughout the night, maybe even about the same subject rather than one that went through the course of the whole evening. Right. And so, and so the novella structure is becoming something I'd want to do more of, I think. You know, it's a it's a really neat idea. You know, you've seen it a couple other times, like in uh, Haunted by uh, Chuck. and you know some some other books like that and it's always really cool because you know you can play with perspective and like tone and like you know you can have a humorous story and a terrifying story and like different characters and they all you know merge Ah. together into this overarching theme what what you just said i didn't mean to interrupt but that really I'm really going to take that to heart because what you just said, I think that's it is that it's okay. If you have a collection like that to not stay in the same mood or tone with each Mm -hmm. one, meaning you could literally have, like you just said in the middle of five, six legitimately frightening stories, a funny one yeah, or a real straight one or a real, like a one setting, nothing really happens um, plot wise, but a lot is said or spoken. I think what you just said is the exact reason why I'm interested and why I like this. And I didn't realize that till you said it. Nice. Well, I'm glad I could help with that. (laughs) You know, it's, it's one of those things. um, There's a, there's oh man. I forget the name of the comic book. Oh, American vampire. And, uh, you know, as the comic book goes in the back of every issue, you know, there was a little short, like a two or three page short, And, you know, in those shorts, they would tell like a little story that was in the same world, but had nothing to do with the main story. And you got those little like this one was funny or this one was super gory or this one was that, you know, so it's a really cool, cool way to like keep the story really active. You know, how did you get started, like kind of creating this, you know, this town of Goblin and like just the whole world that you inhabited with the six different novellas? Well, okay, so the first novel I wrote, like, you know, I had tried um, my hand at four or so before then, 
and I failed. And all I mean by failed is that I didn't finish them. You know, they, 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 I don't know how good or bad. I mean, they're all in a crate right over here, but I don't know how good or bad they are, but I just didn't finish them. But the first one I did finish, when I looked back on it, it was actually really a collection of short stories because it's two central characters who are investigating a home in this their hometown, but they're investigating by asking locals stories about it. So you're really getting a series of short stories about this home. And it struck me like, yes, you finished your first novel, but in a way that wasn't a novel, in a way that was a collection of stories. So when Goblin came around, I was excited to like sort of revisit that idea and that thing. But here, it's almost embarrassing to tell you this, but originally I was calling the city Rolling Hills. I don't even know why, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, in Rolling Hills, like the Rolling Hills police are freaky and the Rolling Hill. And I'm like, wait, hold on, dude. This sounds like a suburb, like, or a subdivision, not even right. a suburb. <laughs> like Rolling Hills. And I was it's- talking to this girl and she said the word goblin in some context, like, like uh, I, I, I wish I could remember, like that guy's a goblin, something where that name, that word just leapt off, you know, off the page, off the screen, off the speaker, illuminated like that's your city. And, and this was very early into, I think I was still writing the delivery driver. So this is way early into the writing of goblin. And the minute I had that name and and I knew that the city that I wanted to write felt also like this name. I, I felt I had like met my lead character of the book. Oh, that's cool. And so at that, at that moment, I was like, okay, Goblin, the city, that's your character. So now anything can happen under and within its boundaries and under, under that umbrella and within its boundaries. So that's when it started to roll for me was, honest to God, was like coming up with the name of the town because it, op- it just opened up like endless doors for me, like anything goes now, including, you know, people will sometimes a- ask writers, like, are you going to write a sequel to Unburied Carol or Inspection, you know? And I think with Goblin, like, I, yeah, I would love to revisit this place because Goblin, the book, is one night, six novellas in one night. I mean, that's only six Gobliners, man. I mean, there's <laughs> others. Like, let, let's go see what six other people are doing, you know? That's cool. So, so speaking of like the, the title of the book. So when Juan first sent me the email, I was like, holy shit, Goblin wants to talk to me. And I was thinking like Goblin, like <laughs> the band, you know, with like Dario Argento and stuff. And then I read, you know, the actually read the email, which, you know, definitely took me a couple of days to get to because that's how I am. But <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, this is also super, super cool. You know, as the author of Bird Box, like I I listened to the audiobook, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I also saw the movie on Netflix. And, uh, you know, I would be a little remiss if I didn't ask, you know, a little bit about that. Where did like I've just always kind of wondered where did the concept of like the creatures and like this sense that like when you see them, it like makes you snap. Like where did that concept come from? So I was writing, um, people are starting to call me. I wonder if that thing happened, but I I was (laughs) probably, I I was writing um, a woman uh, just based on honestly, like a still shot. If you can imagine, I mean, a book has to start somewhere. Right. Right. And page one, um, was a woman with two kids blindfolded in a rowboat. And I, I just knew, you know, it was autumn, it was cold, it was misty. That was enough for me. And I also knew they were fleeing something. I mean, this is page one again. Right. So. 
And I was like, what are they fleeing? What are they fleeing? And, and almost like a gift, like my memory gave me a gift where I, I recalled a moment in middle school. Yeah, middle school, where the teacher told the class that a man or woman might go mad if they attempted to contemplate infinity, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the, the class is going about their business, the teacher, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> uh, I'm going to raise my hand. Uh, uh, Mr. Capico, so wait, I, attempting? Like, like, even if you just try to imagine where space ends, you could go crazy. And, he, and very seriously, he's like, oh, yes, it could drive you insane. And I was like, ah! So that night... <laughs> then you couldn't well, stop thinking about it? Could not, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom... And dad are getting ready for dinner. This is back when they were married. And my brothers are getting ready for dinner. I'm just sitting. I remember the, the hall must have had carpeting because I was like sitting on carpeting like against the wall, just like, don't think where space ends. Don't think where time begins. Don't think beyond <laughs> my numbers. And you know, I'm like 13. But it was chilling, that idea, that a concept that, that could render us insane. So I thought, what if the front door, you know, uh, there's a knock at the door. And you open the door and infinity personified was standing there, like an entity that you physically, that you literally could not understand that would drive you mad because your brain is trying to assimilate the figure, the creature, the, the silhouette, whatever the hell it is that is standing before you. Maybe it's on the porch swing. Maybe it's at the foot of the um, deck stairs, maybe porch stairs. Maybe it's in its car. I don't know. But that idea was enough for me to be like, that's what they're fleeing. And, cool. and so I'm on like page one, day one. And I just kind of leaned back in the chair and I thought about that day in middle school. And it was, like I said, it was almost like a gift. Like my memory was like, pushed it forward. It's like, use this one, man. And That's then cool. the book just exploded from there. Exploded. It's one of the best like artistic experiences of my life. I wrote, do you, are you familiar with word count and what you do? Like, yeah. you that well, shit? I, I've, I actually wrote a book one time. It was not good, but it happened. Oh, so. you did. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. awesome. First of all, that's awesome. Second of all, it was 4,300 words a day. Wow, just man. on fire, man. Yeah. Like, I couldn't stop. I wasn't <laughs> like, not that I'm a drunk or something, but I wasn't drinking at night. I wasn't, oh, hello, right. you. I wasn't like drinking yeah, at night. That's the kid. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. What's that? <laughs> Good. This is the Zoom era. Yeah. <laughs> no, she she comes down to like almost every interview. So sorry. Uh, about cool. That. <laughs> cool. So yeah, I was like, it was very disciplined. I woke up at like 7 a.m. I was writing by eight, done by noon. And then the rest of the day I would just do what I was doing. And by nightfall, I don't know why exactly, but I, I knew what the, the next day's scene would be. Yeah, that's so cool. The rough draft of Bird Box, even though I it went through like literally like 12 rewrites or something. But right. that rough draft was one of like, it's like the experience that we're all gunning for when we sit down to write a rough draft. Right. Like that magical, like the story tells itself kind of yep. thing. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. so, you know, obviously like you got tons of recognition for bird box and you get, you probably have a million people asking you questions about all of that stuff but you have like a body of like work, you know, you have several novels published, you have short stories included in some of my favorite short story collections, and you also are a musician. So what's it like kind of trying to like inject those other projects into like this space where people are really excited about that one thing? Well, I mean, for me, like, how do I explain this? Like, 
I didn't get a book deal until I was like 30. I want to make sure I get this right. Um, if I, it was nine. Yeah. I was, so I was 36 okay. when I got a book deal. The book didn't come out till I was 38. I'm 45 now. So my point is if, if bird box and the success of that had happened when I was like 21, I could see myself like sort of, you know, Oh, I'm made of more than this or something, or there's more to me or something. But instead I'm just so freaking grateful. It's happened at all, dude. Like at yeah. all that you want to talk about bird box. Let's roll. I don't care. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Like, what I mean, you know, I remember seeing um concert footage of, Radiohead intentionally, Tom York intentionally singing "Creep Poorly" because he was like sick of playing the hit, you know. And they and they they fancy themselves, and they were right to be much more than a hit. This one hit, right? But there is another side of me that's like, I gotta tell you guys, man. If if, if a stadium was begging for "Creep," I'd sing it right for them yeah, because right. I'm just like grateful this happened at all. So. What do I think? I think in the, in the, you know, hopefully decades from now, when this career ends for whatever reason, um, I would like to think that by then there would be like a body of work and Bird Box maybe stands out, maybe it doesn't, whatever. In the meantime, that's what someone wants to talk about it. That's what someone wants to talk about. Let's, let's do it. I, 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 it's, it's done wonders for me. And I love, like I said, I loved the experience of it. I loved the film side experience of it. So to me, it's like, yeah, let's go. That's awesome. So, you know, you, you get to, I assume because you large, you, you know, you write horror stuff. So I assume you grew up, you know, reading Stephen King, reading Clive Barker, cause we're about the same age. I'm about to be 43. So, yeah. you know, so you probably are very familiar with a lot of the same books I am and stuff. And I see, you know, the blurbs on the back of your books from like people that I hero worship like as a teenager, is that like a super bizarre experience to have yeah. somebody like Stephen King or Clive Barker be like, this book's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't. So Stephen King hasn't, uh, not that I know of read one or, or, or blurbed or posted. He, he wrote about the movie Bird Box. Yeah. And, but Clive Barker dude wrote about red and blurbed goblin and that, and Peter Straub read and blurred bird box. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's almost difficult to explain the feeling of that one. It's like, talk about surreal. That's more surreal than the movie being made. That's more yeah. Because like the movie being made, I mean, I guess like you saw it happen or something, but Clive Barker, dude? Clive <laughs> Barker's like as good as it gets in many different ways. And for him to have blurred Goblin is, yeah, it's, it's almost out of bounds of reality in a sense, just almost it's in, it's, it's in, it, it, it made it, you know, but, but it's as far out as I can think or believe. <laughs> yeah. I've just always like, I've always kind of wondered what it'd be like to be recognized by like somebody that, you know, is not just really well-respected, but like super, super famous, you know, and that's, that's just gotta be a crazy cool moment. Like a, well, a, another <laughs> Another moment that was similar, obviously, was when uh, when I got news that Sandra Bullock would be playing Mallory. Right. So I think I think Allison's my fiance. I think we were in West Michigan. That might have been when we heard about John Malkovich. I don't know. But when I heard about Sandra Bullock, I mean, like she's I had my own idea of Mallory up to then. And I hear on the phone that she's signed on to play Mallory. It took all of 
two seconds for me to forever now see her as Sandra Bullock. I was like, right. <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. She's sort of like our, our, our generation's like Audrey Hepburn or something, you know? Right. And so I was like, talk about surreal that, I mean, that was just, <laughs> I would have such I a hard, I would have such a hard time not telling a speed joke. If I met her, you know, like, please don't let this bus slow down. Dude. She was, she was, she was the funny one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is incredible. Really fast. We went on set and um, all day we were sort of like, there's the, the area that's like lit up where they're filming in a soundstage area and everywhere else is like dark, meaning like the food cart and the walls, like everything, the crew, the cords, everything's in the dark sort of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all day, like for 12 hours, this is kind of going on. And at the end of the day, a producer came up to me. And he's like, hey, Josh, there's someone I'd like you to meet. And I was like, uh, like trembling, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I mean, here I go. Okay. And he walks me through the crowd, over the cords, over through the crew, under those lights where Sandra Bullock is wearing the costume and makeup of Mallory and everyone else just sort of like steps back into those shadows. So I literally met her under the bright lights. (laughs) That's kind of cool. Almost like it, it was almost like, is this like her whole existence is how it felt like holy cow, like, I'm, like, I'm meeting you as if we're in a movie right now. And she, right away, she goes, oh, I know. We, we took your, your vision and ruined everything, didn't we? And I'm like, no. And then she's like, <laughs> you hate everything we're doing right now, right? I'm like, no. And then, like, I realized that she was, like, screwing with me, you know? That's and awesome. she, like, I was like, oh, man, this woman's funny. And, and it was a good <laughs> moment. And I was so kind of rattled, as you can imagine, that I remembered at the buzzer to introduce her, to introduce Allison, like at the buzzer, like, you know, Allison, we live in Michigan, fly out to LA, we're on this set. And at the very last second, I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. here's, this is my fiance, Allison. <laughs> this day, I'm like, yes. <laughs> she probably never would have forgiven you. <laughs> yeah, that just would have been like, oh my God, you know, and at the, at the buzzer, I, I remembered to do it. I, I was proud of that. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, Goblin, like as a book, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're out promoting it. How are people, you know, going to be able to find it? Like, is there going to be an audio edition? Like what, what is kind of, what's coming out for, for the book? The the whole works. It'll be in a hardcover, uh, audio, e, uh, ebook. Um, I'm, I'm still hoping and, and trying to make some sort of theatrical sort of video for it. Cause we, cause Typically when books come out, we do theatrical readings mm-hmm. and I want to like present something fun to post along with it. I don't know what that means yet. And I have a little time Not Well, I do have a little time, like tw- four weeks to, oh, well, I don't know when you're airing this. So right. <laughs> you, you may have to edit that out. No, um, it won't matter. I don't know when it's coming out either. <laughs> okay, okay. So to me, it's like, to me, it's like, you know, to present it because I understand we're not quite there yet with like big gatherings and stuff like that. Even like 50 people, that sounds a little crazy right now. So I'm going to try to do something, but it'll be everywhere. It'll be in bookstores. Um, definitely in the horror sections of, of any stores that now that have those sections. And, you know, in terms of me, um, I'm just Josh Mallerman on everything. M-A-L-E-R-M-A-N, like that Instagram, Facebook, um, everything. My, even my website is just joshmallerman.com because I just think there isn't someone else with that exact name. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So, so it, I'm easy to find, and the book is probably even easier to find than I am. So, 
That's awesome. Well, Josh, as we're wrapping up, I just want to thank you again for being on the show. Like I'm a really big fan of your books. Like I've read, I, I've read, but listen to uh bird box and uh, oh man, I always say this wrong. Cause I always want to just call it black mad max, uh, black mad <laughs> wheel. And, uh, and of course Mallory. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. You write really evocative horror and that's like my jam completely. So, man. so thanks. Thanks for writing good books, man. <laughs> man, Thank you. How good is the, uh, first of all, I love Cassandra Campbell who did um, bird box and Mallory, but the dude that did black mad wheel, that's one of the cases where I listen to that audio book and my, my brother agrees with me. The audio book's better than the book. Like yeah, he did it exactly. Like he did it, man. Yeah. And, it was and, and, super good super good it just has like a rhythm and like a and like a soul to him where it's like if i read that it would have been like and then me, 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 me. But this guy was like super smooth and i was like dude you just brought that to another level yeah like it reminded me of like the skill level that uh neil gaiman did his norse mythology uh reading like it was that, that it's so good you're just like the whole time it's like neil gaiman's just telling you a story like that's how yeah. it feels and like this this felt really good, man. It's, it's good stuff. I really like your books though. Like I, thank I, you. I don't get to sit and actually read, read as much. So I don't know about your grammar, but no, just kidding. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but man, thanks again for being on the show. Like I really look forward to, to reading Goblin and, and of course, like, you know, anything else that you're coming out with in the future. So. I thank you. I am entirely grateful that you had me on and, and good luck to you and what you're doing. And, and, and yeah, man, thank you. Right on more, more, <laughs> horror, more. Oh yeah. <laughs> over and over more and more. <laughs> I yeah. subscribe to shutter. That's how much of a horror nerd. I oh am, yeah. So. Me too. I watched yeah. the awards last night or two nights ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, watched, uh, I watched mother's day on, on Friday with Joe Bob Briggs, man, oh, that movie right? fucked up like <laughs> i gotta watch that one yeah, just, yeah. you watch it and you'll just be like oh yeah i feel really uncomfortable right now <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a Baron Space production! Ah